Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. A little suspense for everybody. Welcome to the stream. I um, I am pretty excited about tonight for selfish reasons. Um, the person we have on the show tonight, um, I actually haven't had a chance to catch up with for a very long time. Um, this particular individual, uh, <laughs> you'd be hard pressed to find someone, especially, well, I mean, his, his influence goes far beyond, um, the Ontario, uh, by, by, by far and beyond, cause he's worked at a lot of different places, but I mean, he touched people, um, people's lives in a, in a way that is a bit more profound back in Ontario because he was teaching there for a while. Um, Sheridan was blessed enough to have him as an instructor. I was blessed enough to actually catch him on one of his last years at Sheridan. Um, and, um, you know, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't swoon a little bit at the mention of his name, because um, he was always regarded as someone who was actually going to tell it to you the way it is, and teach it right from his heart directly into your brains. And he always had this way of just elegantly and sort of eloquently getting right to the point when it comes to um, animation concepts. He's made a couple books, he's, he's, he's still teaching, but he does that over at uh, Van Arts now, um, along with all the other uh, projects that he's got uh, up in the air. Uh, I don't know where he has time for it, to be honest. And I guess that's going to be one of the topics we're going to deal with tonight. First, we're going to bring in Scott. Scott is um, here as my co-pilot. So let's bring him in. Hello, Hello everyone. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, hopefully we're not going to make one of these. You always get stuck with like the, the big reunion streams where I have what? someone coming in that I haven't seen in a long time. And then you're just sort of like, hey, Hey, hey yeah. I'll just mm -hmm. watch you oh, guys good. get cut up. Yeah. That's really great. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm sure that won't happen tonight. You know, I'm sure Wayne and I have nothing to get caught up on. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about That's it. That's fine. I'm happy just uh, hanging out, listening to the yeah. good times. Yeah, yeah. Well, jump in and tell me to shut up because I do, I do forget to do that every once in a oh, while. It's my true. favorite pastime. Yes, yes. Yep. Tell me to shut up every once in a while. Yeah, you're pretty good at that. <laughs> Let's bring in Wayne. Um, so Wayne Gilbert, everybody. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Welcome. How's Welcome, welcome to the stream. Uh, it's this is always a funny moment because uh, for people who don't know, um, we always have a bit of a preamble before we actually go live with the guests, just to sort of make sure that everything's okay. They got everything set up. Uh, we haven't spelled their name wrong or something dumb like that. And um, and uh, and then um, you know, and then we kind of put it on pause. They kind of get stuck in what I call the sad room, which is just really just like a dark space where they can see the stream. And then I just sort of bring them back. And we're supposed to just sort of keep the energy we had before. It is always a little bit difficult, but thanks for being a good sport, Wayne. My so, yeah, so I don't I don't even know where to start with you, to be honest. Scott actually poked me before the stream. And he's like, okay, so it looks like Wayne's worked on pretty much everything ever. Yeah, so just going through your history, it's amazing. Where? Like you've written children's books, you've just done so much. Animator, background artist. Where do we start? Yeah. Uh, well, start? I would like to start by um, saying right from my first year at Sheridan College, thank you to Charlie Bonifacio, who was a mm. classmate and eventually a colleague. A tremendously good friend and absolutely a mentor. Mm. Uh, Jim McCauley, who was the finest teacher that Sheridan College ever had, he could have made a feature film 
on his own, all aspects. Mm. And uh, Louis Cravagna, who uh, at Nelvana taught me so much about background, watercolor painting in particular, which is uh, an area I spent a good part of my career in at the beginning. So there, those that's yeah. very important. That's that that's a good base to start with. I mean, I know Charlie. Um, I I never actually had uh, the pleasure of being instructed directly by Charlie, although he's a another legendary teacher from the Sheridan days. Um, oh yeah, talk to yeah. It's crazy. He, I was lucky enough to go to a couple of his, they had him come in and do some sort of special lectures when I was at Sheridan at the time. Um, but it was never like, he was never a dedicated instructor, although he did that back in the day. I, I remember the one thing about Charlie that always reminds me, like when I, whenever I hear the word, I was like, oh man, that's that legendary guy yeah. who way before the internet was a thing, Disney was sending stacks of like scenes up to his like layouts, basically up to his place in, I don't know where he was staying at the time, somewhere in Ontario. It was unheard of that Disney would like let the stuff out the door, you know, and- Charlie, Charlie uh, still lives in Oakville. And as far as I know, around. I believe he's the very, he's the, yeah, still the he's, I saw him That's a couple months ago. Um, he He's the first person that Disney let work, not yeah. in the studio, worked exactly. remotely. Yeah. So he showed me the setup that they, they, his whole setup that Disney had him. It was amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. I think it wasn't it on Mulan that he did that on, if I remember correctly. Cause I remember he was, like, wasn't the lead animator on, um, on uh, Eddie Murphy's character, the dragon. I don't know why I'm drawing, I'm drawing a blank at the character's name, but um, I believe he was doing Mishu. it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, wow. that's, I mean, that's legendary status right there for sure. We got to get him on the show. It's uh, like, yeah. I mean, that's that absolutely I'm has sure to happen. I have to reach out. Yeah. He's a director uh, at, D, at DNAG now. Oh, is that what he's really whereabouts yeah. in Montreal or. Well, he's in Oakville now, but I believe, okay. I believe he will be in Montreal in the near future. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, right. that's fun. I'll, I'll have to reach out to him at the very least to see if we can go for some beers when this, when we're allowed to do that again, you know, so hey, we're not always allowed interview. to do that here. Sorry. This is my interview, man. This is my interview. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. see, that, that's, that's Scott, that's your job. Oh, You're supposed no, to no, say, no, blow no. the whistle and get me offside. And yeah. I was offside. Right, shut up. <laughs> I know. There we go. Good. Um, so, all right. So you, you laid down some, some shout outs. Um, maybe like, maybe we could touch a little bit on, like you said, cause I remember you when you were, when I, when I had you at school, I didn't even have you for animation. I had you for background painting. That was what you were yeah. teaching. And I think that's probably because like you said, that's what probably what you were doing at the time. So it just made sense that you were sort of bringing people into the world, uh, the professional world that you lived in. What, like get us, get us a perspective on how, what, what was that was like? And what did you kind of, what did you work on back then? Well, I, at Sheridan, I did the full, the, at the time, three-year classical animation program. So I did all of the animation, but I, I took a real liking to the background painting component. Mm. It, it was illustration when I was a student, but I took right. a real liking to illustration or background painting. And that was, I always applied for a background painting job. I had a, an animation demo, but uh, Leach Rankin Studios in Toronto was doing a very strange film called Witch's Night Out. Very strange. I watched a clip of it just before the stream. Yeah. And, um, it's very 70s. And, and, and uh, John Leach said uh, there were, they didn't have any openings for a background, but um, they wanted me to start as an assistant animator. So I did. And within a few months, uh, Gene needed some help in background. So I was at one studio in the morning uh, animating at the house in the afternoon doing backgrounds. And then I've eventually full-time backgrounds until the end of the show. 
And then Nelvana, <laughs> there's some weird stories. I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak them in. Do it. Um, yeah. And Nelvana, when, when when Witches Night Out ended, um, I was looking for work, and I went to Nelvana and I applied for a background painting job, and they said. <clears throat> Your portfolio is the best one, but the person we're going to hire has more experience. Yes. Why would they tell you that? So I said, I, I just said, okay. About a week later, the uh, producer called me because we, I knew her. She worked at Leech Rankin with us. And she said, would you come in to do a test for an assistant animator? <laughs> and mm. I, was, I was a bit of a a bit of a pain in the ass. I said, no. And she said, what? I said, well, That's I said, awesome. come on. I was told, I was told I had the best portfolio, but they're hiring someone with experience. She said, listen, just calm down, come in. So I did the test. Oh, so man. I did the test. I started as an assistant animator and that, that was going on for a while. We were doing half hour television specials. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, Intergalactic Thanksgiving, Take Me Up to the Ball Game, Easter Fever. And um, I got a chance to do some animating also. But then Patrick Lubert, the one, one of the three owners of Novana, came down and said, You still interested in doing backgrounds? I said, Yeah. So I switched into the background department and, and um, worked on a number of the half hour specials and then uh, Rock and Rule. Yeah, uh, rock and roll was really cool, but it was a one yeah. and a half year project that went on for three years, and I just I said that's it, I'm I'm done. <laughs> wow. Um, so they, they talked me into being the art director for the commercial department, hmm. and then I decided I was just I was I wanted to go freelance. I wanted to get out of that that chaos. So I was doing freelance work, and the weird thing is that Novana kept hiring me to do freelance work. So I was making more money freelancing than I was working full time in Novana for them. So hey, so and then to get to where you would like, think you where you'd like to go. Um, after those years of working in the studios and freelancing, Tom Halley, the then head coordinator of the animation program, called me up and said, "We would really like you to consider teaching in the International Summer School, which was uh. three years." So I said, sure, well, but I've never taught. I, what do you want? Mm -hmm. He said, well, um, media and rendering, you, you know, your background, painting, I think that's something that we would really like. So I said, sure. And I was sitting, sitting at home. I was living by myself at the time doing this big freelance job for Nelvana and really way overpaid for this job. <clears throat> and Tom phoned up and he said, how are you doing? And I said, fine. We had a bit of a chat, kind of going nowhere. And I said, Tom, why, why are you calling? Well, this he's, oh, he said, um, is everything okay with teaching? I said, yes. He said, okay, so have you signed the contract? I said, I, oh. I, haven't, I haven't received a contract. What? I said, okay, what's going on? He said, well, <laughs> yeah. he said, class has started today. <laughs> I said, what? what? I don't have a, like you haven't told me what I'm teaching, what I'm supposed to teach. Oh, man. So I said, I've got to finish this job. I can start next week, but not this week. So what like so I'm teaching media and rendering. He said, Oh no, you've got uh, media and rendering, layout design, and an animation class. Oh, I'm not God. prepared for any of that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
what is so, this a clerical error or did it was this pl the plan all along to pull you into the volcano i don't know so that's amazing I, I spent i spent about three weeks with big sweat stains under my arms while i was trying to <laughs> you know and things wow um, and that that is in so i taught the international summer school at first and then was freelancing with studios and then they asked me to teach full-time so it right. eased into that and then every I think it was about every third year after every three years, I took time off to work. I, I went to Taiwan yeah. twice to work. I was in England working for a while. And then I'd come back and teach for two or three years and, and then do that. Okay. And then after, like, I, I mean, Jim McCauley, man, phenomenal. Charlie, Charlie B, just amazing learning with them as I was yeah. teaching. And then Zach Schwartz, who came in the summers, he was one of the founding members of UPA. And Zach was at Disney during Fantasia, Snow White, and Bambi, and those movies. Um, yep. Well, that I mean, just phenomenal. I used to spend Friday nights with Jack, Zach, Zach, and Jim. We'd go to Bronte and have fish and chips, and then go to Jim's house and talk about animation. Oh, that's awesome! It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, okay. That book. Sorry. That. Uh, what's his last name? Is Zach? What's his last name? Schwartz. So, yes. Okay. True or false? That was the didn't didn't Brian LeMay uh, publish a book that was called "And Then What Happened"? It was like a book on story, and it was like a self published book. I still have a copy, and it's it's pure gold. It's pure gold. It, like it needs to be reprinted. I remember I actually right, reached out to Brian. I'm like, you should get that back out there because it's like it's amazing. Yeah, but he can't because it's not his. Exactly, um, it's not his, and, and when, it's now it's a part of the estate, right? So it's a well, bit trickier to do that. Yeah, well, I, I was. When I talk about the Friday nights, Jim McCauley and Zach Schwartz wrote that book. Yes. Okay. So it was Jim, both of them. Jim and Zach would take me out for fish and chips. And then I'd go to the, Jim's apartment where Zach was staying and I would sit between them and they talk about how to word things and right. they would get into arguments. <laughs> and then they'd look at me and I was a baby compared to them. You know, they look at me and say, what do you think? <laughs> Pretty much saying, I don't know. <laughs> Most often it was, Jim, you said exactly what Zach said. Zach just said it differently. Oh, that's so funny. So all you guys have to do is figure out the wording because the information yeah. you're giving is the same. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Zach, that was amazing. Zach gave me all of his Disney notes from the early days. And oh, these man. are these are like, this is when yeah, bigotry wow. and prejudice and- Oh yeah, I can only imagine. Was peak. And then he, he asked, uh, he gave me the book and he asked me, cause it was all hand or typed. So we, um, copied it. My wife, Tracy edited it. Zach gave us the thumbs up and then it just went dead. So, um, oh, no. Brian took it over and published it on behalf of Sheridan college. Yeah. That's what I remember. And okay. then I didn't, I had no idea you were yeah. involved at the beginning. No. And then, um, Zach's wife, Dora, she wanted it to go further, but then right. I think Kai Pindle wanted to get involved with it somehow. Oh, and wow, that's right. It just, I just said, look, if you guys will just yeah. stop, just yeah. stop, give Tracy and I permission, then yeah. we'll do it. The problem with that book is that all of the references are so outdated, you can't even get copies of those films. 
Yeah, that's tr yeah, that's true. Because it it, it oh. was referencing like the golden era of Disney, a lot of the films back in the day. But it is still, in my opinion, one of the best books on story for animated oh. films, at least that's ever been yeah. made. It's it's pure gold, and I always talk about it like a legendary thing, like the Holy Grail. And uh, no one's seen it because unless you went to Sheridan or had, knew somebody at the time, because it was all it was a limited print because it was all self published, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I've got a couple of copies that Zach signed for me up here. And I, I, I tried, when I was at ILM, I tried, someone contacted me and I tried to sort the whole thing out, but was with, I think, I'm not sure. There were a few names involved and it was just, someone has <laughs> to make a decision. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried to convince Zach and Jim to write a story, sim a book simply on story, but they said, oh no, we can't, like our experience is only animation. I said, it's story. Yeah, no, it's no matter what. But neither yeah. of them felt they could. Oh, someone just posted a link to Rock and Roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Check that's that that's gonna be a trip. Enjoy Thanks, that. Enjoy that. That is quite quite a that. It, who is, I'm trying to remember that. Who was the musician? Was it Iggy Pop? Who was the um, who was the the main like there was like there was a rock star at the time that was involved Lou Reed. in that. Lou Sorry, Reed. Lou Reed. Oh, Lou Reed. Oh, Lou Reed. Debbie, wow. Debbie Harry. Cheap Trick. Yeah, yeah. Iggy Pop. No, Iggy Pop, but Lou Reed was in it. He did. Oh, he did yes. Mock's voice. Iggy yeah. Pop. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a great but, film. You should check it out. It's it's old school, but it's awesome. It's, no, it's weird. <laughs> now you have, you have to keep in mind, Lenora Hume is a is a good friend. She was executive producer there. She started as a camera person at Nelvana, and um, years after, she became an executive producer at Disney Television. Mm. But when that show was when that movie was finished we were at a theater and they were screening it and i mean it's 83 minutes long yeah and there are 30 minutes of finished color filmed animation cut out of it i had no idea wow the, yeah, the original screening was okay that's that's because before they went into production oh i'm gonna go to, i'm going to jail now let's do it <laughs> Don't say any names, Wayne. I don't want to be culpable. <laughs> but before they went into production, they had Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson come up to to look at it and see what they were doing. And right. the advice they got from Frank and Ollie was, you're not ready to go into production. And they basically oh. said, thanks, and then went into production. <laughs> of course they did. So, but But everyone out there listening, you have to remember, this is almost every animated production. <laughs> so they go into production before they're ready. Oh man, if the, yeah. I really wish that wasn't watch, true. Watch the documentary on Zootopia. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Um it, so the like art direction changed three times. So all the backgrounds we did were changing. The story kept evolving. So this yeah. is this is painstaking animation that's done. And there's some yeah. beautiful animation in it. Hand done. This is before the digital era. Yeah. So everything yeah. was hand painted, digital, like no, no digital cells, all of it. Hand painted cells, backgrounds were painted by hand. It's uh, it was a different era back then. If you want totally something different. fixed, if you want something fixed, you do it over again. That's right. You literally throw it out. There's no undo. Oh my god. I've got some original backgrounds that they're I'm, they're precious to me. Oh man, are they yeah. framed? They gotta be framed. No, but here's here's another story connected to that is that years afterwards, I, I asked Lenora if I could get any of my original backgrounds. Okay. And she said, yes, everything's in a warehouse. So she gave me the keys to the warehouse. I opened the doors and there was a pile of boxes, not stacked, a pile of boxes. 
And the only way I could find the backgrounds was to find the light boxes. The rest were all acetate and paper. Yeah. And I've heard, I don't know for sure, but I heard that the rest was lost in a fire. Uh, okay. Or, or not. <laughs> Someone yeah. just sitting on it like a little gold mine that it probably is at this point. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But so, like, every studio I've worked at, I mean, I worked with amazing people, <clears throat> really just super talented, focused people. Well, so, okay, so let's let's fast forward a little bit because there was that stint where you were doing things at, at uh, Sheridan. You were working there full-time for a while, but then you did leave. And if I remember correctly, you you left to go south at that point when you did leave. I believe, Maybe there was a bit of a stint uh, freelance before that, but I know you eventually ended up down um, in the, 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 the San Francisco area, basically. Right. There, it was a, there was a bit of a bridge in there. Um, Lenora, who I mentioned, was opening Disney Canada. Oh, that's right. Disney Toronto. Yeah, she felt she felt and she justifiably so that there were so many talented Canadians in the States that they wanted them back. Totally. So she asked me if I would be the um, studio senior art director and co-direct the second project. I was so I said, okay. I went in to Sheridan and said, I'm done. Um, Yeah, we started. We started. So I was responsible for hiring all of the artists. And then uh, took on the art director's role, and it was really just at the early, the early begin, the early production stages of a Christmas Bell. It's um, Beauty and the Beast two, right? And um, I got contacted from somebody at ILM to see if I was interested in going down there. Awkward but then, then I was handed the script for the second production right. and they said they, yeah. you know we want you to co-direct this and i read it <laughs> i said do we have any say in the script yeah. well no that'll come from los angeles i said, so we have no say. I said we have no say in this script at all she said no I said, I'm hello back. ilm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. i yeah i went i went for a couple of interviews because i was really nervous i wasn't a computer person right but they said no come in as the animation area manager, you go to all dailies, you work on the creative notes and all this stuff. But Jim Morris, the president, sealed the deal with me because he wanted to start a short films division. And I'd made two short films at, at, at Sheridan when I was teaching. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is great. Unfortunately, George Lucas didn't want a short films division and he didn't support it. Oh, man. So I... I said, why, well, you know, I'm, management isn't really a goal of mine, but I'd learn how to animate in Maya. That was part of the deal. I would learn how to animate in Maya. So I proved myself. I became a senior lead animator and I made two short films. I made one called CPU, which is a, a, a little bit of a miss. It was a, it was making a point that you need to plan your animation before you animate. Oh, there's a theme, uh, it's, it's the they, Genesis they, moment. Well, but they took it as a, a slate on computer animation. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, this, cause this is early two thousands we're talking about, right? Yeah. There was a lot there. Were, mm-hmm. What people need to understand back then. Cause I lived through before, this no, as well. Before the, it was before that it was in the late night. Late nineties. Okay. So even crazier because at that time, 2d jobs were drying up. That's something yeah. everyone needs to understand. It was like the 3d revolution came in. And so there was this really strange animosity between people who were like software savvy and the 
the artists that were coming in. And there was a lot of clashing because they were both intimidated by each other because the artists were like, oh my God, this 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 technology, I don't know. And then the, the technicians are like, I can't animate like these people. I'm going to get destroyed. I'm going to be out of a job. So there was this really weird sort of forced sort of, you know, I don't even know how to like this false harmony that was created when you put a bunch of these people together um, in, 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 into a company. So that is interesting that there was some politics there, but not surprising. Oh, right. But there were some really cool things happened too. Like, for example, uh, Jamie Wheelis, who became a very close friend and he has his own studio now. He was the animation director for commercials. And before mm. my, my first run at animating was not on any of the uh, film projects, but he said, will you please come and, and do a commercial with me because um, I, as I said, I'm Canadian, not self-promoter, but um, worked a lot with, it, with people in helping strengthen the animation. That was part of my job description, strengthen the animation. Um, so I went over and I looked at this commercial and I said, wow, this looks like a lot of fun. And it, so I looked at the storyboards and it was weird. Okay, um, do you mind if I do an animatic of this? They said, mm-hmm. uh, okay. A what? And it, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, and they, I had a, an iMac and, and my digital video camera. So I animatic the whole commercial. I actually did like key, key frames for the animation, but it was weird. This, this is a, a Ziploc sandwich bag that popped open at the bottom and they, they marched. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then, hold on. And this is the you're, this is ILM during in their commercial department, right? Just to make yeah. sure I, I have my facts straight. Okay, good. Yeah, but this is I'm talking about bridging the gap. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so uh, then Jamie said, "Okay, um, I'm going to get you to animate these shots." I said, "Okay, that's cool." Um, he said, "The rig should be ready in a few days." And I said, "Well, wait, <laughs> no. Can I can I talk to the guy who's going to rig mm-hmm. this? Why? So so that it's rigged." the way I, I need to animate it. So right. Jamie said, sure, sure, cool. I forget the rigger's name, but I did all these drawings and, and with the animatic, I showed how I wanted it to move. The guy almost, he said, he said he wanted to kiss me on the lips <laughs> because he had That's... it rigged, I, I think in a day, a half a day to a day, and we never had to revisit it. Big surprise mm-hmm. because you had a conversation about what you needed, right? Right, Shocker. so that, it, t- it took a while, but that led to, the uh, creature wranglers. Tim Naylor was one of them. I forget mm. the other one. So the animators had access to these two tech guys. Yeah. Anything that you wanted with a rig, I just call up Tim. Tim, this is happening. Okay, I'll fix it. It was great. Right. And then they started to let the animators have input on how things were going to be rigged. And then another guy, absolutely love this guy, really close friend of Jamie's, um, John Helms. He was a technical director. And when I had my first short film ready to go, I was, I remember I'm from traditional animation. So I had dope sheets <laughs> and it was like, not because the animation, I didn't have to put dope sheets for the animation, but this is how I wanted the lighting. This is how yeah. I wanted the effects oh, wow. here, right on the frames. And John just looked at it and went, <laughs> okay. Wait, you Isn't actually, that- you, you, you. You're, you've planned all of it out already? What? What? Yeah. what? Who no does questions. that? No questions. That was it. Oh, man. And then a few years later, um, I had a number. Like, I still have them. I have uh, uh, full animatics for short-changed, uh, night train, um, 
there's the um, pump the, uh, the other one oh decision makers and so we we're trying to figure out because friends wanted to make another film and i wanted to make this goofy one called night train uh, but i had another full animatic for one called let go and george alakasima said no you can, this is the one we have to do hmm. so i said okay I, I developed it evolved and um just so anyone who out there is interested in storytelling, it's not easy. No, it is not. This is a, this was a almost a ten minute animatic on how stupid decision makers are. Meaning, <laughs> meaning, very simple. It's about a guy who walks up to a cliff and he wants to take all of his crap with him, but he can't access the cliff. And it was so he wouldn't learn, didn't learn his lesson. But hmm. uh, Kim Bromley, one of the producers, said, "You know, I really like your idea, but." What if, what if he's successful? What if he is smart enough to figure oh, out? So I, I just went, oh, damn. Okay. So I went <laughs> home for the weekend. Ending. I went home for the weekend and I thought, that, that's it, man. That's, this is going to be easy. So I, I redid the whole thing in a few weeks, showed it to everybody, and then we made the film Let Go. I don't now, think I've seen this. Well, is it out there on, like in the wild? I can still see yeah, it. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. No, it's on Vimeo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's on, on our website. But it's not a commercial film. It's a serious film. And how long is it? Five minutes. Okay. But and remember, it was when it was done. So, mm. but the success of that film is it's called Let, Let Go. And it means letting go of things that hold you back. Right. Well, um, within a year, 37 nonprofit organizations in the California area asked to use it. Oh, man. And then in this one meeting with all of these people, I was kind of overwhelmed. A guy came up to me and said, I'm a social worker and I work at San Quentin with the people on death row. And I was wondering, would it be okay if I used this on death row? Wow. He said, okay. <laughs> okay. What, how do you answer okay. that question? Yeah. yeah. He, said, he, said, he said, should the time arrive that <laughs> somebody is faced with that, would you like to be there when we show the film? I said, no. <laughs> wow. Then I, I, I said, if it happens, let me know. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. But then uh, it was a short time after that, we moved up to Vancouver. So I, I don't know. So, I, so it never happened. You didn't get pulled into that very no, intimate but, and strange encounter. But even now it's been a couple of years but every year since then i would get one or two requests from clergy from any denomination or and i found out that deepak chopra is using it in his seminars no way <laughs> deepak is using it yeah wow oh man now I, that's it's driving me crazy because i can't click on the link so i'm gonna go do, go check it. i'm i oh, really? chances are i've seen it and i just didn't know you were behind it so that's probably what happened so that's it was, it was it was a tough one because um we were doing it we were doing these while we were working on productions and i would i would go in um early in the morning and then i would go in on the weekends at five in the morning so i could be home by 10 or 11 because we had a couple two two very young kids at the time um and i ended up doing a lot more than originally planned because many of the my friends who wanted to help they just got too busy with shows mm. but i i i had i had to have this and then this goes back to john helms the td who did the lighting for cpu 
uh, he salvaged it. He pulled it out because it just it wasn't working. And John took over, and within a week, it was it was beautiful. Hmm. Some people are just gifted at that closing something like that. Like it's oh, you yeah. know, like they it's a, there's an art in it. What doesn't matter if it's film or if it's games. It's like there's this some there are some people out there that are really good at conceptualizing and getting something yeah. going, and then yeah. there are other people that are like good at being the grunts, the soldiers, getting it done. But then there's the other people who are really good at closing projects. Cause I yeah. mean, it takes a special person who a has the, the self-discipline to be able to, to close and make really hard decisions, but also B, and this is the most important ingredient of course, is they have good enough instincts to know which, wh where, what, what you're going to get away with by putting it out and shipping it like that versus something else. Right. And I yeah. feel like it's very rare. They're unicorns, people that they are able to balance that very, that, that razor's edge between between those two worlds that brings to mind another extremely special person to me uh george Sacalario. he was an it person at ilm but he was a, a musician a composer phenomenally talented but he was an it guy so when i was asking around i said you know does anyone know a musician who might be interested because i'd like an original track for this hmm. and so they introduced me to george and we were sitting in c theater at ilm which is the this enormous theater two of yeah. us they're screening this hand-drawn animatic and i'm thinking man i, I hope he's interested because i listened to his uh one of his demo cds at the time okay so when it was all over with he said yeah you know i've got this one piece that might be suited to it because i wanted uh my description was a dirge you know the he yeah. and he said he gave it to me and he had this one song called i think um journey of soul and it was really close to what I wanted. So we talked about it. And he, so he did it original. Now, ILM was amazing. We had a, one paid, but one or two free sessions at Skywalker Sound because the guys at Skywalker Sound fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. We had so musicians, the, this full Skywalker Sound thing. Like it was overwhelming. That's cool. Like their, their mixer board is the size of my backyard. You know, it's, it's insane. <laughs> Um, so that, like, again, I said, we, I met phenomenally talented people along the way. Yeah. And even the surprising places like this, this guy just being an IT person at the company, yeah. but also happened to be a creative genius when it comes to, to, to music. It just, they seemed to be a collection. Yeah. Well, I mean, ILM at that time was really just, they were like, a, they were sponging up all the talent they could get. Cause at the time they had a lot of things going on. They had the film division. They had like, they had a, the commercial division, which was making them, that was bankrolling a lot of the films I find um, uh, from what I hear anyways. Cause you know, no, commercial uh, no, that's not true. The commercial division was breaking even they weren't doing oh well. really interesting yeah yeah they had lucas arts which was doing all the vid the video games video game stuff yeah yeah it's, so which what so i always i always had this assumption that because their films were so good um like the vfx that they were putting into the films that i because that's a very difficult market to make money the margins are not very big but it wasn't then. it wasn't then because ilm was the studio right so they could just charge what they needed to charge i guess right and and I'll tell you, we had way too much time to get our shots done. We did. <laughs> Don't say that out loud. Well, we did. Sounds like a luxury. It's not like that anymore. Like that anymore. Yeah. But we did. Yeah, well, bidding wars then, are... So, so um, that's why I was saying that like the profit margin started to drop because other studios mm. at the time, yeah. uh, one James Cameron opened, they, they were... Lightstorm, they were Yeah, they were matching quality, but ILM got a lot of 
they were called 911 calls. Can you help us finish this film? Right. Yeah. They're a household name, so they just—they yeah. it's like the Ghostbusters, right? You got a problem with a with a VFX shot, then you call ILM, obviously, because that's who does these things. That's yeah, that's I mean. what it was. Um, but because when competition picked up, jobs were spread out more. Um, yeah. The studio that did Matrix, you know, they 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 became competitors. Oh man, um, it's like the Wild West. No, well, that's when the profits started to go down. But they had like the big yeah. thing was they had to look at planning i mean yeah. the reason yeah. you had so long to do your shots was they would just let you dick around with it for a week or two <laughs> yeah and, change, and, and they change their minds you know that's right yeah, yeah. the time burn there i mean you so this is something i wanted to dig in on here a little bit because you've mentioned this a couple times planning is a theme and i wanted to ask you a very point blank question because it sounds very clear that planning was an issue back then. Maybe there were excuses because it was the pioneering days of 3D. So like no one really knew what they were doing. 2D people were coming in. 2D, 2D people typically had to plan a bit better because as we both know, well, they, they were supposed to, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. like, because you couldn't just like, it's not like you get these in-betweens for free like you do in software. You had right. to literally know the shot was going to kind of work. And yeah. so you would line test it with like just the keys, maybe a couple breakdowns, and you put it through a QAR machine or something. And then you'd look at it, play with the timing, and then be like, no, it's still not right. And then you don't really commit to you know, right. all these in-betweens until you know that works. So that's technically more planning than most people do in 3D, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and at Van Arts. Um, I'm a, I'm a real pain in the ass because, um, the, the, uh, the students have to submit and they get graded on their planning before they go into their animation. Smart move. Uh, yeah. Wow. Now the book, the book simplified drawing for planning animation is actually a result of Sean Kelly's prompting. Sean Kelly is one of the founders of animation mentor. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, Exhibit A. So a lot of the notes, this type of notes I was doing for dailies and things. And Sean, Sean just one day said, you should make a book out of this. Absolutely. Oh, that's, yeah. that's funny. Sean Kelly actually put you up to doing that. I didn't know that. Well, he that's actually, prompted, he prompted me to do this new one, planning character animation. Okay. Okay. Um, which yeah, is I got, I got that exhibit right here. This one here. This is the one that oh. came out right before Christmas. There you go, everybody. Yeah. So that one's, that one's been outlined in text for a decade. Oh, wow. I knew, I knew what I wanted to do. And then Sean said, you know, get off your ass. So I started it, um, I think, in October and had it had it finished in the late spring because everything was there. I mean, I had planned it. Yeah. <laughs> it had all been planned. Um, just sitting there waiting to be published, basically. And just what? what so like, okay, let me, I, I was sorry. I was starting to ask a question. I got sidetracked as I usually do. But so it used to be a problem, but we are now... 2022 last i checked and do you not feel that this that planning is still kind of a core issue at most productions like yet still yes. yeah yeah so why do you think that is what's going on there like why where's the resistance where are the obstacles in your mind in your perspective animators want to animate so they get a shot mm. they want to animate you know mm. but the, the thing about planning and and i there's a misconception when you say planning the thing is, it's exploring options to me. It's not just saying, mm -hmm. I am going to animate this. Mm -hmm. It's exploring options. And that's the fun part for me. Yeah. Um, you explore the options and you suddenly realize, I've got a more entertaining way to do this. Exactly. You know, I've got a, uh, um, but if you don't explore options, you're going to end up with like something can be technically correct and boring. Yeah. 
Mm. Right. But yeah. planning also means that you're going to do it properly. Yeah. So it's yeah. twofold. It's exploring just, options. Uh, Sorry, I was going to say, you know, just for some real world um, kind of evidence, you know, when I was first got onto my first full CG uh, film, one of the pieces of feedback a supervisor had for me was I had some really great ideas, are really funny, and I get really excited about them. But I let myself down when it came to the planning and execution of it because I'd get this shot and then it would just, it would still be wrong and it would still be wrong and it's still not working and it's still, mm. and you know, by the end, that this is why I have no hair. You know, because <laughs> I'm sitting there going, but obviously. I know it's a great idea. Like, why can't I do this? And he said, it's well, the plan. Okay, you know? but here's, uh, here's an example, because I planned my animation. And I will say that in one of my re my reviews was, they, they, ILM, they said, thank you for not giving up on preaching planning. Mm -hmm. And you got more shots done on that show at a higher quality than anybody else. And we know it's because you planned. Now, there was a show when Men in Black 2 came in, and now I always had my planning checked. It's not like I can plan it and say that's it. I show it to people. But when Men in Black 2 came in, uh, Barry Seinfeld said, I would like you, uh, there were four or five of us, I would like you to come up with some gag ideas for the worm characters. Hmm. And I thought, those are like, not the nicest design characters. Yeah, they were awkward. But, but they're mercenaries. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, the 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 other people around me started to animate. They're, they had the worm characters doing the military crawl, you know. Um, so they just started animating. I think it was like a half a day or a day, and I did four animatics that are four different gags, and then I showed them to the person in charge to figure out which one to do. Sure. So he, he chose the bazooka one, uh, and and these are on my website also. Yeah, that, and that's that, that's the one that made it in the film too, isn't it? The bazooka one? No, none of them made it into the film. Oh, really? Not even one, huh? Oh, that's no. that's interesting. I thought, I thought this is the first Men in Black. It's been a long time, so I've seen that. No, this um, Men in Black two. Sorry, this oh, this was Men in Black two. Okay, how many have there yeah. been now? Four, at least three. I just know how many. Uh, oh, there's four. There's four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's it's interesting what you because you, you said something a little while ago that was like planning's about options. Right. Yes. And, and I think that that is something that like, because from my perspective, what that means to me is that allows you, like you said, you, 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 it avoids, it avoids the, the tendency to just go with the first idea. Cause the first idea, like you said, might, it might work, but I feel yeah. like a lot of animators these, these days, especially for some reason, I don't know why they, they find themselves in a situation where they're getting very good and they focus on moving things well on screen, but they forget yeah. about the entertainment component of that. Like yeah. we are, like you said, story, everything's story. We're storytellers first. We yeah. use our understanding of human motion or just motion in general to tell that story. But like it, it, without the story, without the idea, without the gag, it's empty. And it's like really literally worth nothing. So yeah. planning helps you get to hopefully a better, a better idea. The chances of a better idea are increased um, with, with doing a little bit of planning. Yeah, well, absolutely. And hopefully um, in my advanced years, I've decided I'll kind of speak up quietly on the inter interweb or whatever it's called. And um, I, so I'm posting things on Twitter and the one thing I, and I'll look at it and think, oh, am I going to get in trouble? I, just, I don't want people <laughs> yelling at me. So recently I posted one where there's a guy sitting at a computer, an animator sitting at his monitors. You don't know whether it could be harmony. It could be 2d. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and another person says, 
or, or the animator says, okay, got it. I'll start planning. And the other guy says, no time to plan, just animate. So the fourth, the third panel is the guy, you know, it, it's going rotate, translate, click, key, curves, all right. this. And then yeah. the fourth panel, the other guy comes in and he says, that's crap. The guy, the animator goes, that's what you asked for. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Uh, there's no. I don't have time to plan. Is um, otherwise known as my one of my favorite expressions. There's no time to stop for gas. We're already late. Yeah, that's my favorite yeah. expression. Well, yeah. from Disney, it is paraphrasing. Spend half your time planning. Oh man, and yeah. or fifty percent of your time planning. I forget the whole. I forget. I yeah. know that's, that's, that's all that if, matters. If David was here. David uh, is constantly talking about that. You know, he. he oh, yeah. I don't know exactly how he breaks it down, but if you've got an hour to do a shot, spend ten minutes planning. You know, yeah. you've got a week, maybe spend a day. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. 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 It, yeah. You, if you don't, especially if you're kind of new to animation, if you don't thoroughly understand body mechanics, it, I your supervisor or somebody should be able to look at your planning and say, you're missing some breakdowns in here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know whether you want to go into this or not, because I know it, it, it's a heated conversation, but uh, most of the studios now ask to review work in step mode. Ah, uh, yes. I've never worked in step mode. We were taught spline. I work spline. Mm -hmm. I can't favor a pose properly in step mode. It has to be in spline. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I, I I always felt like I like working step, but it depends on the animation that I'm doing. Yeah. And I felt like I felt like it was probably because of my 2D background. I always yeah. because I felt like it simulates what it was like on the QAO machine. I was like, I only had keys and I, I trained my brain to sort of see it. And 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 so I figured it was part of that. But apparently it's not because, you know, you come from the same place and you are all spline all the way. That's interesting. But. I, I say to people when they get into this heated argument, look, if your supervisor wants to see it in step mode, show it to them in step exactly. mode. Totally, I don't totally. care how you animate. Animate yes. line if you want. Yeah. Show yes. it in step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in terms of performance, you can't properly favor a pose in step yeah. mode. Yeah, yeah, no, it's literally impossible. Yeah. Well, you can do it, but it just won't feel right at all. It won't yeah. feel like it'll feel more like a little pop rather than like a, an actual cushion or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so students, I just say, go between the two. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, it's it's funny too because like when you when, like in that particular light, planning isn't just for you. It's 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 because you're you know it's a team sport, right? Production's yeah. a team sport, and um, you know you're gonna need to like I feel like animating is a, a lot about negotiating in a, in a way yeah. with yourself and yeah. your own own ideals and your own thoughts and sort of inspirations, but also with your supervisor because they yeah. are going to get on board. They may not get on board. So how can you get them in your head as quick as possible to sell them an idea? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like for, for example, a body mechanic shot, if there's no dialogue, <clears throat> I animate frame one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, because I've planned it out. So these are all my keys. If there's dialogue, I'll hit the keys with the dialogue. Um, but then it's just, uh, just it doesn't work for everybody. I take them all because every frame is a full body key. Every controller's key. Yes. And then I scale it. Amen to that. And watch it. And then I'll say, okay, I can slow this part down, speed this part up, slow this down, speed it, and it just keep pulling it. So, like I, I always do demos, and I've got a demo that starts off with. 24 keys, precise what I want. 
and it, it's over 210 frames when it's animated. Hmm. And there's wow, a that's... lot of, like there's a lot of keys in between, but those 24 key poses are all the breakdown, everything I need. Just for, do the, just for the math um, challenge out there, that's like a 10 times compression ratio right there. 24 <laughs> turned into 240 is that's a pretty, pretty sweet and pretty, you know, boiled down set of keys. That's awesome. It, it is, but, but in between, there's a lot in between once you get naturally in place. Yeah. But does it need to be there right away? Probably not because they're secondary to the actual that those foundational keys that are going to tell that story. Yeah. You need your overshoot. Yeah. You need your yeah. lead and follow everything yeah. goes into place. But the other yeah. thing about planning that was really important to me at ILM is because I didn't know the technology. If, uh, right. I, if I didn't, mm. before I knew to set a full body key, mm. you know, I'd key it and then I'd, I'd spread it out and legs are floating up in the air. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but constraints drove me nuts. Like I did not understand those until. You're not alone. I know. Until, until Dave Sidley explained it to me 94 times. <laughs> you counted um, but then like on the mummy too there was uh, uh chris mitchell saved my butt because the mummy was on the ceiling and i had to have a locator on each fingertip so mm. that i could move the wrist around while the fingers right. were locked on the ceiling and then he had to come down off the ceiling mm. i didn't understand. i said what <laughs> <laughs> um so there were people that really saved my butt when it came to the mm. technology side of things um and now now it's just like um, you have to, if you have a, as you know, whether the prop moves the hand or the hand moves the prop, if it's the hand on the sword and the, and you're pivoting from the tip, it's all that stuff. But if I don't, if I don't have a picture of what I want, I'm not going right. to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just at that point, it just feels like I don't like there, because the truth is there's like a million ways of probably skinning that cat, right? You need to, at least know what you're trying to get to first so that you can pick the most optimal way there, hopefully, right? Otherwise, well, you're yeah. just playing with these buttons. Yeah, you have to look like, to say, you know, he's got his hand leaning on the sword. Well, a lot of people won't realize that you have to pivot, you have to move the sword from the point. Yeah, ideally. So they'll, they'll start counter-animating it because it's moving from the hand. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I won't go into a shot unless I know precisely how technically yeah. I'm going to handle everything. Yeah. And I, so quick little excerpt from your latest book. Cause I, I, um, I had a chance to flip through it when I first grabbed it right before Christmas. And I, I, I believe in there, you spend some time talking about, um, speaking of planning, it's, it's perfectly, um, perfectly anchoring to this conversation right now, the idea of taking a look at your rig and asking yourself spaces, yeah. spaces mm -hmm. do you want your head to be yeah. in world space or in neck space or in chest or hip space like because if you if you figure if you, what you don't want is like like days into it going after counter animating literally everything and then going maybe i should have just because we all know <laughs> making the decision later has a tendency to make your whole animation look kind of like this the entire yeah. time because now of course <laughs> offset to a different space that's my best impression by the way well, that's going to be a meme you can't imagine how many times I've looked at a file, someone else's file. Oh man! Taken the header neck orientation, deleted all the keys. Oh changed, yeah! yeah. Changed, what are you doing? Change the space, and they end up with eight keys instead. Yeah, of eight. exactly, exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. like, don't worry, it's going to be fine. But there's a hundred <laughs> keys; they're so important. Yeah, because yeah. you're counter animating every single micro movement in that body. <laughs> Watch this. 
Yeah. Well, one yeah. of the uh, one of the blessings I ever had on a TV show was the animators were in charge of their own layout. So we set up the characters, we set up the props, the cameras, everything, and just having that control made the blocking task go so much quicker because we did we had everything set up the way that we were going to be animating. Yeah. It. Yeah. All the spaces were figured out for us. It was yeah, time saver. Well, with Twitter, as I was saying, I've been posting these, this is what you're talking about, where there's a guy and he's standing like this and he just says, hey, doc, I turn my body, but my head won't move. So <laughs> yeah, that's, doc, that's right. doc says, check this, you know, go to your yeah. channel box and check this. Yeah, that's, there's, that's another right. one, yeah there's, there's another one where the guy says, um, when I walk forward, my knees bend backwards and it hurts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when I turn around, my elbows go the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says, hey, it's, it's hey, doc. And then the doctor explains what, right. what you have yeah. to do. Yeah, or the helicopter funny. hand. You've had that, the helicopter hand. Oh, of course. The gimbal locking helicopter hand. Quite like those ones. Yeah, I know. Those but um, like, with that one, I've had so many people say, oh, yeah, just turn on the gimbal. No. Yeah, I know. I, too. I, 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 I swear to you. I'm so with you on this. I, whenever someone says that, I'm like, you don't understand the problem. <laughs> like right. if you think that's going to fix it, then like either you are making, like you are, you're not getting the poses you want. That's for damn sure. If you're using gimbal yeah. mode to like gimbal, just show like when you're in gimbal mode in Maya, it just shows you the broken gimbal, but you don't yeah. avoid it. So yeah, that's funny. I always laugh. I get a good chuckle when people say that. It's like, Oh, ha, ha, that's funny. Yeah, that's well, and this, this is an RLM because I wasn't a technical person, but um, when they ran into that problem, I, I guarantee you, not being a technical person, 95% of the time, and this is in the early days of CG, 95% of the time, it was the animator's fault, not mm. the computer's. It mm. had nothing to do with the rig. The animator messed up their workflow. So fix your workflow. Yeah. The graph editor will tell you that you went 360 degrees it on sure it. Sure will. It's math. Basically. Yeah, that, uh, it's just, that's why you go, hold on. Well, I mean, and that added to that animosity I was talking about earlier on. Like, it's like you, you, you have the tech people who get these things. You got the artists. Like, I've seen, I watched a lot of people try to switch from 2D to 3D, and it just never took. They just couldn't. Yeah. They just, I don't know what it is. I remember, like, like even training some of them in Toronto at the time, because when Disney Canada shut down, um, there were a lot of people looking for work and there was a bunch of work popping up that were in 3d. Cause at that same time, luckily there was 3d jaws popping up, but I remember people in my class that were like, they could animate circles around me because they had been doing it for a lot longer than me. And it felt weird to have yeah. them come. Hey, uh, Brent, can you come here for a second? I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, my bouncing ball, is it any good? And I'm like, <laughs> you tell me, man, what are you talking about? There's these weird technical blinders that people get yeah. when they get stressed and intimidated by the tech, the technology, for some reason, they just can't transition those skills some do and they make a huge huge living out of it and other people some people left the industry because of it sadly yeah i'm seeing some things in the chat here like someone mentioned the euler or euler filter and yeah, like, yeah. You, you don't have to use that if you animate properly most of the time yep and what you're saying about the 2d transition we went down mm -hmm. to SIGGRAPH in los angeles los angeles once disney had laid off a bunch of traditional animators and um there, there were like a few of us interviewing these people and there was one that I felt could make the transition mm. and they hired 10 oh, and nine yeah. of them were let go because oh, they couldn't course. make the transition. Yeah. And that was because 
their demo reels, although the animation was good, they were only doing the one and one and a half second transition shots, yeah. not the yeah. animation. Yeah. And then, and then they didn't know how to teach computer animation when I went to ILM because it was too new. That's right. They, we, they like, it was new to begin with, let alone knowing, having enough people to have enough experience to be able to then explain it. And oh, the, yeah. the biggest problem is you would need, you would need someone who's an animator first, who had already gone through it, like the Spaz Williams of the world, right? People who have actually, who made the transition because they were just naturals at it. They needed to be the ones that teach people because they needed to speak in a language that animators would understand probably, right? Well, but also you mentioned it earlier. There are some phenomenal animators, but they can't teach. That's painfully true. And when I was in the computer part of the training, the, the supervisor, a couple of supervisors would come in and they'd get on the keyboards and they'd go, oh, this is the way I do it. Yeah, that's it. Right? Leave. Right? Easy, right? And then they'd leave and I'd go, what just happened? <laughs> what did I just witness? Dave Latour, a friend of mine, was started, he started the same day. So we kind of sorted things out on our own. He learned mm -hmm. faster than I did because he was much younger, but. Um, it's just weird. I look for the simplest way to do something. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to touch, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the book too, before we run out of time, just so you know, if, how this, how these streams usually go is we try to leave a little bit of room at the end for people to ask the question. So chat, if you are listening, uh, just make sure you put a Q call in there so that I can pick them out of the chat uh, easily. If you have a question for Wayne um, or just in general, so just uh, I'll, I'll grab them towards the end. I'll, I'll probably go on for another maybe 10 minutes before I do that. But so the book, so there, I mean, the books, the themes are always about planning, right? But like what kind of, like what kind of tips like that do you do you get into when it comes to like give people a little tease for who for those who have never actually opened up any of your books before what are the what are your some of your most famous for sort of philosophies when it comes to planning for animation well the the first book simplified drawing for planning animation that is you don't have to do an illustration to plan your drawings you plan mm -hmm. your animation. you don't need nose hairs and sweat stains and pimples this is a simplified body so it's based on um, understanding the simplified structural anatomy of a body. Mm. And that applies to all human bodies. So that's mm. what that book is about. And so it's like a shorthand for a body, basically. Right? It doesn't have to be a perfect that's looking character. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. Absolutely. And the book is written backwards because the important information at the end <laughs> is boring. Mm. It's drawing <laughs> cubes and cones and cylinders and understanding three dimension. If mm -hmm. I started the book with that, nobody would have read the rest of it. So I wrote That's it tricky. backwards. You yeah. sly, sly guy. <laughs> I, the last, I, the go last ahead, go is, now start here and go the other way. <laughs> that's awesome i i didn't mean i honestly i i don't even i didn't remember that it was backwards that i've read yeah. the, the original orange book like so long ago but to, um, to, answer, to answer your question about planning is and, and i'm going to post a twitter thing i'll do it tonight in mm. your honor nice it's all animation book talk all animation books talk about when a character is doing an expression change they're looking one way and then they mm. look the other way but you don't yeah, do it yeah. like you put an arc in it. Typically. Right? Yeah. Wrong. That's oh, an sacrilege. That's an option. The character could go up and over. 100%. You're looking the for arcs. Lead, the character could lead with their body and then snap their head. Yeah. They could lead yeah. with their head. That's performance. Totally. Yeah. What If they lead with their head, that's saying that their attention has been taken. If they lead with their body, that's saying 
that their attention has been taken, but what they're looking at is more important. Totally. And then they'll turn. Mm. This is where, where animators really fall down. Yeah, because they, they just do. Animate, they do not animate what's below screen. Mm. Oh yeah, that is man. You're yeah. you're like you're in my head with all these pet peeves. That's so amazing. It's so and true. It, Just because you don't see it doesn't mean you don't you shouldn't be thinking about it. That's for damn sure. It'll show very quickly if you didn't think about it. A good animation supervisor, a good director, anybody can look at your animation and say you did not animate below screen. Mm -hmm. You can for tell sure. by the rotation of the character. You can tell by the the arc of the character. You can tell that it feels like the legs are being held back. Now there are some times when you can get away with little things, but. The arc is not created by the spine curving. The arc is created by the knees bending, which causes the hips to curve and the spine to curve. So your, your legs, your legs let you go down, your legs push you up. If they don't even think about that, their animation is not going to work. This man is preaching the truth. It's yeah, so sorry, true. I'm so quiet. I'm just taking notes here myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Million dollar question, Wayne, because I get this question a lot. So I'm sure you have as well. Oh, but Wayne, I don't know how to draw. Do I have to draw to plan? There's a thing called the simplified drawing for planning animation. Book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was, that was impressive. How you seem to, uh, how did you do that? You're like a marketing <laughs> genius. Not the first but time. Many of the animators at ILM were from classical animation. They didn't draw because they didn't think they had to when they got the computer. Yeah, people sure. who are people are who are afraid to draw. That's what those are the people that book was meant for. But even yeah, for people yeah. who, yeah, you just need, as you said, I think it's the best way: shorthand drawing. Mm -hmm. You can clearly define what you want the character to do without any detail at all. Yeah, they don't need to look pretty. You're not gonna. They're not gonna ship no. with the movie or the game. It's just for you, right? No, well, or the, maybe the your supervisor. The first big section of the new book, Planning Character Animation, is a ball and legs, as you see. Yep. Not because it's fun to animate a ball and legs. The ball represents no. our, our hips. Yep. And when we understand how our legs and hips move, that influences everything above that. Absolutely. So I tried Absolutely. to deliver in that sequence. Know mm -hmm. this yep. and add this. Well, it's also, I, I feel like that those exercises are really useful also because it just removes a lot of the extra stuff that's just, you, like, it's difficult. It's intimidating when you start animating. You're like, a body mechanics just seems like a lot of stuff happening at the same time. It's because there is a lot of stuff. But there are patterns, and you'll start picking up on them. But until you get there, like, learn to crawl first. And a good way to do that is to pretend this character only has one singular simple mass on the legs. And you could work, because, I mean, to, to your point, yes, if, when, if that's all that that character is, that's all you need to worry about. But, of course, later on, when you have the upper body, the upper body can influence the, the hips and vice versa. And it starts to become a little bit of this interesting tug of war sometimes depending yeah. on what the performance is right but like don't go there first it'll be it'll feel like you're you know it's going to be a lot for you if you're new to animating so it's really good to simplify and sort of start with the basics it is that's why i really focus on the hip area because if you bend your knees your hip your hips tuck under yeah. if your knees lock your hips straighten out and that Absolutely. is influence fine but what drives people crazy and there's a simplicity to it when you walk your leg that is not supporting the weight, that hip drops. That's an app. That's a normal walk. But totally. somebody at ILM animated opposite that 
on Jar Jar Binks by mistake. Now, oh, this man. guy this guy is a phenomenal animator now, but this is he was very young at the time. Yeah. Um, and people they're like there's simple body mechanics. If you raise your knee, your hip has to raise your leg so that hip yep. comes up. If your right. elbow is in front of your body, your shell, your shoulders in front of your body. So yep. they have you have to think about what moves the leg. The hip moves the legs. Your hip yep. flexors, your hip joints, shoulders yep. move your arms. So yep. your elbow doesn't move, your shoulders moving your elbow. That's yep. what that's what the whole book is about. I mean, it, to me, it's, it's simple. Yeah, yeah, but it's funny because some it, often I find people will go through school um, and never have anyone really explain these very basic concepts, and so they just right. sort of chain all they they're, they they got good instincts, but it's it's funny that almost nine times out of ten when I look at someone's work, that's like, hey, I'm having a hard time getting a job. Okay, show me the demo reel. It's like, yeah. wow, there is blood, sweat, and tears in here, and great ideas but body mechanics <laughs> like it's like you need to understand how a body moves to be but able to brent, sell these ideas brent you're 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 leaking into one of the leaking into one of those areas that i shouldn't go into <laughs> oh boy well sh shouldn't like you're actually gonna get in trouble or shouldn't like uh because well, it would be way too much fun no i guess i guess okay i can't officially, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was I easy can't, i can't officially teach at sheridan college because i do not have a master's degree Oh, wow. That is a great topic to talk about. I, oh do have, I do have a master's equivalent from the States, but Sheridan won't. Are you serious right now? Why Sheridan, is it? Won't, Sheridan won't accept it. It's not Sheridan. It's all universities. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more of like a, an academic standard, probably. In, when in I was Canada. at ILM, I taught part-time at the Art Academy University in San Francisco. <clears throat> I know people that graduated from there, can't animate, have never been in a studio, and they're oh. teaching animation. Oh yeah, oh, I know. It's echo chambers. It's that's the problem, especially in the states in the university level for sure. Yeah, I remember at one school there was a. Uh, I was asked to sit in on a, uh, the review for a student getting a master's degree. The animation was so bad, I would hesitate to accept them into school. This is after oh, four. Oh boy, this is after four years. So I asked. Remember, I'm a visitor here. I, I said, "What do you want to do when you're finished school? I want mm -hmm. to be a." animator so i said well my advice is you ask the board of directors for an extension and you focus solely on character animating and the person the person in charge said no all he has to do is finish his film to get his master's degree oh yeah sure <laughs> makes a lot of sense right of course because they know how way what the industry is looking for in, in the hiring or are they just more concerned about like just you're, you're, graduates well, Sorry, your audio cut out there. But no, my point oh, sorry. is this, this person is going to get a master's for finishing the film, no matter how good it is. Yeah. But like, but not higher. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie can't teach at university either because he doesn't have a master's. Yeah. Now you're talking I saw about this. The first, the first person at Disney let work from home. Yeah. Like, 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 think about that for a second. This, yeah. I saw this trend happening because it was a very popular trend. It, it was first in the States, but it started happening in Canada where colleges, even Sheridan, started upgrading because they wanted a market that they could they could have a bachelor's program. And because, you know, the moms and dads that are sending their kids to school, and I know this is a fact because mm -hmm. I'm often at those open houses, and the moms yeah. and dads' number one question is, will my child be able to get a job without a bachelor's degree? 
because you know, yeah. back in my day, that's what you needed. And it's like, oh God, this question again. No, no one cares about your bachelor degree. Yes, it theoretically back in the day, it might have made it easier to cross the border and work in the states, but that boat has sailed. The only people care about right now is can you animate? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You, and and you're not a toxic human being. That that was that's another nice send a nice to have in your list well, of of skills. I think it would be nice to kind of just backpedal a bit here, uh, Brent, because we get that. I'm having way too much fun bashing the academic. uh, Well, uh, see, you know, with uh, Wayne being the head of animation at Van, I don't know if it's a good idea to be back bashing um, schools, but you know, there surely are benefits going to to a school. You know, the the school. Um, because oh, we do get that a lot. Why do I need to go to a school if I can just take one of these online courses? So it'd be yeah, good to yeah, talk yeah. about those benefits. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Right. Positive, so, right? Let's talk positive. Uh, I will try to qualify what I'm arguing about is if a student knows what they want to do. Because if you go to any number of schools to become an animator and find out that you're going to become, um, you're going to, before you animate, you're going to do storyboarding, character design, modeling, rigging, lighting, texturing, and then a little bit of animation, but you you want to be a character animator. Now, Van Art's very fortunate is that when I started there, um, Charles uh, Phillips, he, he's a wizard with harmony and 2D animation, so he's got that. So, But it was a school that had more of a generalist program, so you learn a little bit about everything. So we made a proposal, can we make this a character animation program? So every one of the courses in the program is directly linked to your animation because we only have yeah. one year with people. Yeah. This is yeah. one year. If you're not sure what you want to do, but you want to go into the animation yeah. industry, then yeah, check the school out. My advice Absolutely. is look at the school's demo reel and the people who yes. are teaching there. there. Some that right school, there. Yeah. Some schools say, what he said. Some schools say we've got uh, X Disney animator. Yes. But they don't say for three hours a week. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. And just for clarity too, just because now Scott made me paranoid that I was just pooping, pooping on everything. What, <laughs> yeah, what, I started what Wayne and, Scott, I started. Yeah, well, I think it's a great topic though. I think it's good because I, I wish I could, ex- because there is a problem out there. And and what I'm saying is that there are some schools, what Wayne started by saying was, look, people like him and Charlie aren't even allowed to teach at these schools, which is part of the problem. It's because of course, to, to have teach up a bachelor's program, you need a master's. That's the way that academia works yeah. on the university level. It is a problem because most of the great animators do not have match. They let alone bachelor's degrees. They certainly don't have masters. And so there, and there, there becomes a shortage of people who practically understand this craft. There's not a lot of academic animators. They exist, but they're unicorns. They don't, they just often don't. So I think that's the problem is that, you know, so you just have to find a college because that's where people like Wayne, like Wayne teaches at, at Van Arts because he doesn't need to have a master's degree to do it, right? Well, or I mean, you have a master's degree, but like it, it's a problem here in Canada. So it would be a problem in some of the schools. So, I mean, I'm not saying schools are bad. That's for sure. Yeah, but it's right. just yeah. like Wayne said, make sure you know who's going to be teaching you because some schools are struggling to get good instructors for a variety of reasons, basically. Yeah. And I find a lot of the stories that I hear in even Wayne. Well, somebody noted before. that sometimes, like uh, university, it's where you go to learn. Where audio sync yeah. is off. That's all. That's that's what's happening right now. But go ahead. Go ahead, Wayne. Oh, because yours is doing the same. Somebody said universities are where you go to find yourself. You mature. Go there. 
Yeah. And that's absolutely right. But we've had yeah. students from high school that finish with honors degree. They go into a studio immediately and they're now directing. But that's rare. I mean, they know they want to do that. My point is, if you know you want to be a character animator, you have to prove that. You have to prove that with your submission to the school. And you have to know that in for one year, 30 hours a week with a teacher looking over your shoulder, we're on your case. Yeah. 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 I, it's, I mean, I agree with that too. Like, I think some people may, may not, might, might not be ready for a college program where they're going to learn a trade. They might need to yeah. just grow up a little bit and have some critical thinking skills and all these other things they are going to teach you at university. Again, university is not bad. It's not the place I would want to go personally to learn animation though, even though there are universities out there that have successfully built good faculties around, you know, qualified people, but it just seems to be a little bit more rare than the, the, than the, than the alternative, but yeah, um, Somebody... I don't Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So I just, I wanted to make sure we, uh, cause we're going to run out of time super fast. I want to make sure we go back and, um, and, um, answer some of these questions, but you were going to say something, Wayne, something, someone well, said somebody something in the, chat. The, short, the short film thing with colleges bugs somebody. Now at Van Ars, yeah. we, we, we always, we give an option. You can do a series of pieces that become your demo reel, um, body mechanics, dialogue, perform. Mm -hmm. We, we don't say acting, we call it performance. Um, or you can make a short film, but the short film has to be approved by the end of term three. So you're doing that in term four and the short film has to contain what a studio wants to see. Right. You not making a fine arts film. There's to it. Yep. Yeah. They're preparing you for a job in the industry, basically. Yeah. I just... Yeah. It's sorry. Yeah. I don't know. The audio seems yeah, to be falling apart. Okay. I was uh, just saying. Well, that's a very good. Go on, Brent. Go ahead, Scott. No, you go ahead. No. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say you it's first. another thing that comes up a lot is, uh, you know, what what can uh, animators do as juniors or as students to really excel when they do get out into that that real world environment? Um, it sounds like that's something that's happening at Van Arts that you do have to create a short film or have something that's ready to go. But in in your opinion, what else is there that people can do to prepare themselves to be successful? Uh, so with this, like we push a, for a demo reel, no, but a short film is an option if they have it fully animatic prior, prior to that. Um, yep. I, you know, the way the program is set up is preparing them. Like, I don't know. I, it's, it's one step shy of being in a studio The classes are nine to four with a lunch break. And there's a teacher in there. You have a short time frame for some assignments, longer time frames. And, and Brent, this is this goes to planning. If I give somebody two weeks or two weeks to do, they get two weeks to do an animation assignment. They'll do it in one week. If we oh, for sure, for sure. If give them one week, they'll do it in two and a half days. There's just no way around this. There, there's Are you no trying way. to say that we're all right? procrastinators, Wayne? Is that what you're trying to say? There's, there's no, yes. Let's <laughs> just call a spade a spade. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Have you seen the Tim Urban talk on Ted talk? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. I show, I show that at the, at, at the school. Oh, that's a great one to show. Absolutely. Um, I want to, I'm going to go and drop a couple questions here. We have one here. 
from hogwashed. No, wait, oh, sorry, let me get that right. Hogwashened. Know if that's intentional do you right, have any you suggestions for yeah do you have any suggestions for remote animation schools with a focus on game animation hmm. i i i know i would have to do some research on that the schools i know that they say it's it's game animation it's mostly um well you have to find out whether it's game design or asset building or animation now most animation for games is motion capture related these days um, and it doesn't matter whether it's motion capture or not, you have to be a good animator because you can, a good animator can make motion capture better. Yep. Oh man. I don't, what I could not possibly at? agree more. No, I'm pointing at you I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to be like <laughs> this guy right here. What he's saying right here. The, I, I cannot agree more with this. And a lot of people are saddened by the fact that they go to interviews and they're like, do you have any motion capture experience? And they have to say no. And then they're like, okay, well, thank you. But you know, we're going to look, mm -hmm. we're going to keep looking. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a tricky scenario because technically you have the base skills that a lot of the motion capture people don't have. And like, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, right. it, it's a huge, it's, it's a huge problem of, of, of when motion capture kind of swept the industry, you have all these animators who don't know, like, cause that, cause the other problem is true too. You can't just animate and like try to like stranglehold and like make the data do what you want to do. You have to be a bit more elegant and soft with it. Right. It's got your yeah. keys on every frame. So, but at the same time, if you don't have those, so an, being an animator can be a hindrance, but it also it would be a terrible thing to not have that background because when you make edits to the motion capture, you need to understand body, mecha uh, body mechanics well enough to know, okay, when I make this change, what are the other peripheral changes that I need to address? If I had a dollar every time I saw someone just tweak like the upper body of a character and they're like to look, up a little bit but like they haven't pushed the hips forward or something like that it's just it's crazy so well, what yes right what, what i learned what i learned um on the mummy too with motion capture and then like i, like I said i animated every day on the skate videos at, at ea is that if i saw something i wanted to enhance uh, compress more or extend more i blew i i took the high point the breakdown keys yep. and it blew away everything in between those. Absolutely. You and have then, your poses. Yeah. But, but as you said, it's not part of the body. It's the whole damn thing. You have to think the whole thing. You cannot, it's so tempting to be like, Oh yeah, just tweak the upper body. Yeah, no problem. It's no. like, Nope. It is so much more involved than that. You can't think like that because you're going to, it's going to end up looking like poop, like a discom discombobulated bad Frankenstein is what it's going to end yeah. up looking like. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, and I think so what Wayne said, I totally agree with with regards to the schooling. I mean, there are a lot out there. I mean, I, I'd be self plugging a little bit by saying that iAnimate does have a game, uh, a, like a whole series of game animation related stuff. It's all specifically on animation. It's not about game design. Um, although I I think truly, if you want to teach a game animator to be truly prepared for the industry, you should be teaching a little bit of game design. That's what I think. Yeah. But because you're at the end of the day, you are part of a game production you need to understand the medium just like it would be weird to go work on a film as an animator and have no understanding at all about film um, and story and cinematography you don't need to be an expert on those things but it would help to kind of at least understand them a little bit so yeah. I think, and to uh, do another little self plug if you do want to just test the waters with game animation agora does have a learning path it's on true. YouTube right yeah. now, which does teach yeah. um, Maya yeah. animation integrated yeah. with Unreal. Skyler Server like from over at Riot he's awesome Go ahead, Wynn. Sorry. Yeah, I would like to thank V Plant or Plant. She's um, amazing. I would just like to you. thank somebody here who's mentioned a couple of times. Um, 
before Animation Mentor went online, because I know Bob and Sean well, I knew Bobby and uh, Sean when they were in school, is they asked me to do a lecture called Animating Force versus Form, versus Animating Form. So I just, I had a riot doing this. It was, um, and I, I asked a couple of times if I could update it, but I didn't get a response to that. Um, but it, the, re so the reason I think people like it is because I went out and I did these actions. Like I wanted to show how swinging a heavy sledgehammer, how the body works. I had a bunch of tree stumps in the backyard I wanted to take out. So I took a sledgehammer out the backyard. <laughs> Killed two birds with one stone. I love it. And then I did drawovers talking about things. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but it was also uh, peppered with a lot of drawings, paper, like traditional type of drawings. And somebody asked about encourage students to keep drawing after Van Arts. Um, and, and, and you mentioned life drawing. We teach life drawing the way now Charlie credited Charlie Bonifacio credited me with this. I'm crediting him with this. So we might have both did it, but we created a course at Sheridan College called Life Drawing for Animation, mm -hmm. which is the simplified drawing for planning animation book. I mean, that's it's all in there. I, I took it from that. So uh, life drawing is really important if you're thinking like an animator, not just drawing what you see. Yes. And Brent, you know yes. from traditional animation, training that we didn't have characters to draw from you know no. so it's it's actually understanding the simplified human anatomy that will make your life drawing better your character designs better your planning better yeah. and the best book for that one other than simplified drawing for planning animation is uh sorry is <laughs> burn burn hogar book dynamic figure drawing Great book. Very good book. That, that book changed my brain when it came to understanding drawing. Yes. Yeah, because he kind of breaks it down into prisms, right? Basically. He breaks it down, yeah, into geometric shapes, simplified yeah. geometric shapes. But he explains why they are those shapes. Yeah. Bridgman's books, Nicolaides, Peck, they're beautiful books, but they don't explain it the way Bern Hogarth explained it. So if you yeah, want, true story. I was going to say, if you want one book in your library, I'm going to say, if you want two books, three books in your library. <laughs> That's right. If you got room for two, yeah. then, because obviously it would be the planning for animation would be, if you only have room for one, I mean, let's, let's face it. But if two, then you go splurge, right? Yeah. That's yeah. a good book. It's a very good book. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll um, coin a, uh, well, I didn't coin it, but I will echo a phrase that Werner Zimmerman always, Werner Zimmerman, a life drawing instructor at Sheridan back in the day when you were there. Um, um, he often said, um, cause he was very big on life drawing and he, he's, a, he's still to this date, one of the best life drawing, um, artists that I know he's very, very good. And he would say for animation, it's particularly important to draw what's there, not what you see. Yeah. What's there. And you need to, so this, the, the simplification allows you to shorthand it to kind of draw what's there. It doesn't need to be like, you don't need to have it understood all the wrinkles and stuff like this. What you, because especially in 3d, um, those yeah. things are often take, taken care of for you. So what you do need to know is what's the underlying structure and posture line of action. Those are the most important things. How can you, and how can you, you, you study that and how can you, yeah. you know, you know, I, I, I once told people that if they were really shy about life drawing, if they really, really are shy, they could get better at this by simply just 
um, go, finding some sort of inspiration. Like there's online life drawing classes. You can like, yeah. look through like like Sears catalogs for you Canadians out there, um, myself included. Just anything that had a bunch of poses of people, you can find them anywhere. But then get take your character rig and just pose. Don't animate. Just try to pose. Train your brain to see a pose. Understand what's the most like the best like the the most the quickest way of getting there, recreating it, and putting it on the rig. Yes, and I'd like to say hello to Lee Williams. Thank you, Lee. Oh. The, the thing about simplified human anatomy is it makes it easier to talk about how the body moves. Yeah. An animator has to know how it moves, not just how it's constructed, but yeah. how it moves. Yeah. 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 Yep. And like, I, I, I still fascinate students when I tell them, I always do this with this thing early in a class or a workshop. I'm like, everyone just take a second and put their like left hand on their right shoulder. And yeah. then, and then what you want to do is you want to raise your arm but push down. Don't let your your clavicle raise your shoulder. And you're going to be mystified to find out that your shoulder doesn't go further than this. You require your clavicle to bring it all up there, which is why it pains us supervisors all the time when we see yeah. no clavicle animation because it does. that's not how the arm works. The clavicle is an extension of the arm. It's part of the arm, basically, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, it dictates the arc that the arm moves in. Absolutely. And your, your deltoid touches your ear. That's how high it goes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. And I do another thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, we have to, but we don't have to know all of the muscles, all of the veins, the ligaments. We have to know how the simplified sections of the body move. Yep. Yep. Well, Brent, that's one thing you're always talking about. And you spoke about it with Marco Folia is uh, animators in a way need to be scientists, you know, like you I need to get in there and figure it out and, like, at least yeah. like 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 pseudo engineers you need to be curious yeah. you need to understand like the basic mechanism that is a body and like you know like you know you don't need to like like wayne said you don't need to know like the the uh the the names of the muscles or even the bones but what you do need to know is what are those main players there and what are they doing basically yeah. otherwise yeah. you're yeah. kind of lost I'll go back to it if, if you you have to be careful watch people's butts when they walk <laughs> hey wayne come on you're gonna get people into trouble <laughs> said right. you have to be careful so at the school what we'll do is we'll we'll take uh masking tape and put it at the top of the pockets on their jeans and then walk down the hall and you can see how the tape moves hmm. well, sorry, just sorry we just had some weird chat. if anyone wants a an african herbal doctor <laughs> yeah. uh something yeah. just popped up in sorry the chat, so. i already deleted it my bad now you can't do it <laughs> I, I <saw> that. <laughs> <laughs> they're always distracted they always show Very up at cool. the end of the show and everyone's like what's happening yeah um i i have okay wayne we, we're actually already at time um okay. and i we have I'm one more question you, that i feel like we it. need to get to though yeah okay so one more yeah. question is that okay wayne do you buy yeah, that? i'm fine okay. okay one more what were you gonna say scott one more question then do what no and i just want to say we oh, okay good all right should ask I, I, like, I didn't i didn't know if there was well, a one more question the and then i need to go and get some african herbal that's right yeah, Come priorities, on. priorities. All right, good for, <laughs> good point. Let's make sure that you can get to that. Okay, so what is a question you wished new animators would ask but never, ever do? Good question. Mm. It's very meta. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay, well, I, I'm going to... I'm. Gonna... <laughs> well, I know there's many ways to approach that question. And for yes, me, my brain went to... My my brain went to to directors like if I'm off base, just rephrase your question. But um, 
too often I have seen or dealt with directors or animation supervisors who don't know what they want. And then they put this pressure on the animator mm. to come up with oh, something. Yeah. So the question that I, I think an animator mm. for me is, is this, they have, I want them to be absolutely clear. This is what I want to see. Now you give them a certain amount of leeway and creativity, um, the more senior they are, but juniors, mm. no. this is what I want. And this is why I mm. want it. Now, a lot of new animators, if you ask for a oh, I, I got it. I think I've got an answer. I liked where you're going anyways, but if it gets better, I'm excited. If somebody asks you for a change in your animation and they don't explain why, mm, yeah. they're not doing you a service. Totally. If so I true. ask for a change, I'm going to explain clearly why that change has been asked for. So what do you say to the animator who feels intimidated and feels like asking why is a challenge to their supervisor? Because I can imagine that scenario existing. It does, because I know a number of supervisors that can't answer that question. And that's why they get mad. Yeah, exactly. I know. So yeah, well, this goes into the environment. You'll learn who you can speak to and who you can't speak to. Yeah. Yeah. So Read if, the you ask, if you ask diplomatically, mm -hmm. praise them. Oh, wonderful yeah. master who knows everything. Can you explain to me why you want that? Um, it, but it is important. It is if you're asked for a change and you don't understand why that specific change has been requested, ask for, ask, can you explain to me why you want me to do that? Yeah. And I think the key there is because when you're new at this, you're learning. So that's the key, right? So you might even be in a crappy job on a crappy project, but if you can at least learn while you're there, then it's valuable because, yeah. and you're going to learn by actually understanding the context by which those changes are being asked from. Uh, yeah. That's worth its weight in gold right there. Yeah. I was going to say, I had this, uh, this situation where I was animating a, a character splitting into a windscreen and the uh, animation director was from classic 2D background and mm. he's saying, no, the character needs to come forward more. And I'm like, I, if I bring the character forward more, he's going to crash through the windscreen. So I think mm. he, he wanted to go kind of like screen left in his mind being 2D on that sort of plane. Mm. Right. It was, and we just, we almost got into this argument because I'm like, I can't bring it forward more. He's like, I want mm. it forward more. So yeah, definitely. Well, Disrespectful, John Scott. <laughs> Disrespectful. <laughs> Jonathan Payne told me a story about working at Pixar. He was a modeler where uh, Lassiter was on one side and Brad Bird was on the other side and they were arguing about something. And he said, and he's without, Jonathan is without hair. Jonathan said that it was so heated that they could have fried an egg on his head. <laughs> so even Lassiter and, and um, Brad Bird were great at one another. Oh, I would, yeah. I would pay money to be a, a fly in the wall in those conversations. Like, I would so just, does that, hopefully, that, hopefully what? Hopefully Sorry? that answers your question about what I wish new answer, uh, yeah. new animators have. Is that yeah. like justify your request and not in a, an aggressive way, just a, a please. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you explain to me why I'm doing that? Yeah. So the, the number one question they should be all asking more is simply why. Yeah. Not in a challenging way, but in a, a, a truly academic, I want to know so I can become a better animator. Why? Which well, is a very know, different tone. Yeah. You know, from your supervising, if you say, well, the character's off balance there. So they don't see that. No. So it's explaining think, why, why they're off it. balance. 
Yeah, if they did see it, then you wouldn't be it wouldn't be off balance, probably. Right. right. It, it could yeah. be momentum, or it could be plain and simply he's off balance. If momentum is an issue, it has to be explained a different way. Exactly. Wayne, um, I don't want to overstay our welcome. I'm always worried about keeping people here longer than, yeah, I, than you originally no signed ever, up for. No one ever listens to me, and I, I, I get a feeling that <laughs> someone might be listening to me, so I'm fine. Don't worry. There's about an audience. That. You have a captive audience. If you're, if you're, it's your call. No, I, it's it's I I I I will what I'll what I'll do instead is just drag you back into another conversation at some point. That's the way I'm going to do it. <laughs> so this conversation is not over, even though it's over. Thanks yeah, for being here. It, it was you awesome it. to have you here. I'm sorry about the audio delay that seems to be plaguing the end of the stream, which is a little bit always a little bit tricky to to, to navigate. But um, we we made it through anyways. It was great catching up with you, Wayne. Um, yeah. I I I wish you all the best. Thank you for all your wisdom. Thank you for personally for me because I think you know you are one of those people that that sent me off um, on this trajectory that I have been enjoying for a great number of years since. Um, and I know that there are many, many people who are in the same category as me. As a matter of fact, a quick shout out to in, in chat for anybody who Wayne has influenced in um, in um, in their life. Um, it'd be awesome to see. Yeah. I'm sure there's many. I think Pam Rose was saying uh, they were class of 87 or something earlier in the chat. Yeah. There's, uh, there's definitely some Wayne Gilbert There's a bunch. In here. Oh, yeah, for well, sure, for it, sure. Yeah. And if, if anybody wants to know where my demented mind goes, then Wayne <laughs> yes, Frederick. I on twitter there you go yeah his, his twitter <laughs> handle is right there in his uh in his little name box so you know where to find him um and uh, sure. scott thank you for being here tonight too it was awesome thanks. To have you, buddy. thanks for having me thanks it was great meeting you wayne thank you okay i will see you both um very very soon hopefully and um uh, thanks again wayne you're awesome yell at me anytime you want okay yeah i'm <laughs> that's i'm gonna do that you're gonna regret those words talk to you later <laughs> bye <laughs> see you later Ah, that was fun. I, um, you know, honestly, it's kind of a blast to get caught up with uh, someone who had such a huge influence. Like Wayne, like he was just, I can't over, I can't overstate how much people would linger on Wayne's teachings back in the day. And everyone was very sad to see him leave uh, Sheridan. Um, but obviously he's gone on to continue helping people. It, like, it seems like wherever he goes, he ends up being a bit of a coach anyways, which is, which is awesome to hear. And of course he continues to put out books that are absolutely, and I mean, I'm not saying this because he was on the show, absolutely worth the money. I did ask him um, before, I didn't want to put him on the spot now. So I decided to wait till I actually um, let him off the hook here. But I was, I, I think it'd be kind of, fun for people who haven't bought his book to maybe even see if we can do kind of like a special edition signed version of his book. So I'm going to follow up with Scott to sort of uh, see if there's um, there's an appetite for that and um, we'll figure it out. Um, I'll get Wayne to send me a box of signed ones and um, then, um, you know, you, you guys can somehow find a way of, of paying me and I'll send them to you because uh, I mean, I'm a little bit sad that mine's not signed. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so with all that being said, thank you, chat, for being here. I'm sure there's people in chat. I mean, it's always hard with the handles. People don't always call themselves their name in a handle. So if uh, if some of you are from back in the day in Sheridan, then um, awesome to see you kind of, at least see your 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 handles that are cryptic and totally um, not jogging my memory. Um, but I, I have a feeling that some of you are out there um, in, in chat. I know Pam. Pam's from Sheridan. Um, and I feel like I saw a couple of the somewhat familiar names and I saw a bunch of people that were interacting that made it feel like there was a bunch of Sheridan people. Anyways, regardless, for th these videos are also posted on YouTube as well as on, um, on Twitch. So you might be, when you're listening to these words now, it might not even be live by that point. And so um, 
I'm sure at some point it's going to reach more of the, oh, there we go. Lee Williams, 79 to 82. I was there back in the mid eighties. It was like literally right before Wayne left. Um, I got a chance to see, have him in, in second year. So, um, so thanks for being here, Chad. Thanks always for being here. It, this, these streams would be kind of, uh, boring and, um, not excited, not, not exactly interactive without you. Um, we, uh, just as a, as a shameless plug, speaking of interaction, we are doing a 24 hour challenge in this month. You may have heard some rumors of that, maybe even some postings. We did one last February and we're doing one again this time around. So basically for those who don't know what that is, the way it works is we, um, pick a theme and, uh, what we did last year was we had three words that would come up, would, would create a theme in kind of like, so nobody knew what the theme was. They showed up, they signed up, and then we announced it live. And then you had 24 hours to, of course, animate, um, something the, the, you can, you can apply, um, as a team of one, two or three with those three different categories. And it was actually a lot of fun last year when we did this. And, um, it's really what spawned these conversations because we just naturally invited a bunch of people on the show and, um, we, you know, just hung out. Some people did demos. Some people just, just talked philosophically like we just did with Wayne and, um, and people really liked it. So we just kind of kept doing it because we liked doing it as well. So, um, if you want to know where all the magic, um, happened and you know where it all, you want to get a taste of how it all started, show up to our uh, 24 hour stream slash competition on the 26th of February. And if you are so inclined, please do um, sign up too, because um, I think it's going to be awesome with a lot of great competition and amazing work comes out of this. Let me tell you anyone who, for people who are not familiar we do have a website, if you're new here, called agora.community, um, and we are affiliated with the um, Anim Challenge, which is a Facebook page where every month uh, we do essentially a theme um, challenged animation that you have a month to sort of uh, tackle, and uh, it's judged every um, every month by a bunch of uh, pros, and the community gets a vote in that as well, and we pick a winner, and uh, we move on to the next, uh, the next uh, challenge the next month. There is honestly amazing work coming out of that. So a quick shout out to those who are actually engaging with that community and and putting your work out there. It is it blows me away. And we I, I went back and took a look at some of the earlier compilations from years ago and compared to them what's coming out these days. And it's just it doesn't even make any sense. So uh, for you all out there tirelessly learning or perfecting or polishing or just just creating this uh, this wonderful um, art form that we call animation. Congratulations for being so awesome. I will see you on the next stream. Stay animated. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs, and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.